What's up, y'all? This is D'Angelo Russell, and y'all listening to the Grab the Lane podcast. And this is your owner once again, D'Angelo Russell. Welcome back to Drive the Lane. We are officially in the golden months of Ohio State sports. As for what really feels like every year of this show, the Buckeye playoff push continues. Ohio State basketball is about to start slash already started. And we really tell you that it already started by having head coach Chris Holtman on the show today. And the Buckeyes in the NBA kick things off. And actually, as we're recording this, D'Angelo Russell is hooping former guest for the Lakers right now, former guest, future guest. We got a lot to talk about today before we get to Coach Holtman. First and foremost, the Penn State game, the Buckeyes rolled a high-quality win on the backs of Marvin Harrison Jr. What a shock. And maybe the best defense in the country. Joey, you were in attendance. First, First question, were you watching the game or were you taking pictures of the Penn state sidelines? Good question, Andrew. I was, I was behind the Penn state sidelines. So like it's blocked, you know, they hold up the stuff. So you can't yeah, really yeah. see. Um, good, good question. We'll talk about that in, in a bit here. Um, man, loudest atmosphere I've been at since I was in college at, at Ohio state. So that's been the last four years. Um, the only game I can think about where it's been louder was my senior year my sophomore year Michigan games. Other than that, like Ohio state fans really want to beat Penn state. And when it's a top 10 matchup, it makes it all uh, the more intense. I, I was sitting, I had sat in two different seats during the game. My first seats were for, obviously if you're an Ohio state fan, you know what this means, but we're in B deck in the front of B deck where you're, you're covered, but you're still like, it's still a great seat. It's not all the way back far away. But it's so loud. It's so loud because you the sound is bouncing up and down. And God, it was such a slow start, but very fun to watch. Nonetheless, when you're there, the atmosphere is great. And then we moved to seats closer towards the middle of the field when we got word from family, friends that guys left and blah, blah, blah. No need to bore anybody with that. But that's when it got real. And it turned into a game where 20 to to 12 wasn't indicative of the – of how Ohio state won that game. It sure seemed like a much more dominant effort. Obviously Penn state scored a touchdown with, you know, less than a minute left that defense, Andrew. I mean, you, you talked about it. That defense is national championship. Good, right? It just has to be, it's gotta be a top 10, top five defense in the country. It makes you think what if CJ Stroud, what if Justin Fields was, you know, under center for the bucks, but oh, you hate when I say stuff like that, you're not allowed to steal that. We can't do that. We can't do that. Cause Kyle McCord's got a ton of moxie and he'll, he'll be just fine. But um, Marvin Harrison, best, best player in the country that doesn't play quarterback probably. And, uh, man, was it, the atmosphere was sick when Ohio State got a fourth down stop with, you know, just over four minutes. I think it was left is like fourth and four from midfield, which was at that point. I don't know why. I mean, hindsight's 2020. If James Franklin punts it, Ohio State only is, it's only a one score game, but instead they gave him the greatest field position they had all game, blah, blah, blah. But when Marvin Harrison scored and you know, the, the uh, the stadium started to play, uh, 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 and you know, Penn State's thing is we are Penn State, but Ohio State fans, I've been hearing this since I since I got on campus, have their own little twist where they go, "Fuck you, Penn State!" Oh, uh, 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 it was a top three 
my roommate from college who I went to the game with agreed, like a top three atmosphere in that moment. We were screaming, hugging each other, random fans, jumping up and down with each other. Very fun. Uh, Ohio State has an interesting game against Wisconsin coming up, but man, like let's soak in that Penn State victory. We've won like what, nine times in a row against Penn State, but it feels like every time we beat them, it's sweeter than the last and uh, very fun. Very fun. What, what were your thoughts on the game? My thoughts on the game were they won a game they were supposed to win. They were favored by seven and a half. So I, Is it looked, the, I four and a half, four and a half. Are you sure it wasn't seven and a half? Positive. All right. They were favored by four and a half over a field goal. I thought they would win the game. Um, maybe when I looked, it was seven and a half. And that's why I thought that when it was like three, nothing or whatever yeah. for an hour, but they won a game they should have won. The only thing that I think about the team overall is the last few years, they've like missed on the the timeline where if the defense was good, maybe the offense wasn't 100% there. Or Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins were having their best years, but like Olave and Wilson were emerging. And then Olave and Wilson had their best years and Stroud was just coming onto the scene, and then they were gone for Stroud's best year, and JSN gets hurt. It's like it hasn't all come together in right. the last four or five years, and it feels like what they have now with the defense, the running back room, which is which is deep. I'm personally not a fan of the situation with the running back room, but we you hate it. You hate it. I just don't like that. At this I hate point it too. Season, just play mine Williams until Trayvon well, Henderson. At home. this point in the season, you don't know like who your guy to lean on is in a game where McCord could potentially struggle down the road against Michigan if they know all the plays. But, <laughs> but such a stupid thing to joke about because like me and you, you'll talk a little more about it. But like we don't know what it means to know the signs for football. But. In theory, yeah, in theory, everybody knows. But yes, sorry, go ahead. But um, it might be enough to carry McCord to a national championship. Like, he might have enough for Ohio State to win the national championship, where before this game, I didn't think the team could, could beat Penn State caliber teams because I didn't think Notre Dame was in that caliber of teams and i do think this it's not a weaker year per se of college football but it is a year where with the exception of of georgia ohio state and michigan it's kind of a new it's kind of a rebranded group of second fiddle teams like washington out of nowhere to an extent florida state who was like dead for four years is incredible now um, it's like Clemson out, Bama seems like they're out, LSU they're out. It's really just the Missouri Tigers and uh, <laughs> and the Buckeyes. But but last thing I will say, if Marvin Harrison Jr. wins the Heisman, I will be happy because I put a little cash on it, and you have some cash on it. However, I looked at back. it. I looked at it the other day, and it was at plus four thousand, which might have even been higher than when you took it. Probably, but it was at plus four thousand. And I'm like, all right, that's just impossible. Two hours later, this was after the like the next day after the game. Two hours later, it's at plus twenty five hundred. So I got it at twenty two to one. So okay. plus twenty two hundred. Yeah. So I, I cannot. It's, wor- 
I cannot cash out for more than what I right. So it's worse yeah. odds, worse odds or better odds, depending on how you look at that and say that right yeah. now. But another good game from him, which was Scott, if he wants to win the Heisman, which doesn't really matter, but if he wants to win the Heisman, he needs like 150 yards and two touchdowns against Wisconsin. To and I think he'll be, you know, a top five candidate. And Caleb Williams needs to Caleb Williams pick. is out. Yeah, he's oh, he's afraid. out. It's Michael Penix, Penix to lose, our Penix favorite guy. No, it's fucking JJ McCarthy's to lose now. He's the Wait, favorite. Penix is out. Why is Penix out? He's not out, but it's McCarthy's to lose. I think now. it's Penix's to lose. Well, I'm if saying, McCarthy wins the Heisman as a cheater, that'd be crazy. He's not cheating. But if they know the defense's calls, maybe <laughs> we don't. We're not talking about this yet. Here's what I'll say: Kyle McCord can be mediocre if they have one of the best defenses in the country. Travion Henderson is healthy, and he can throw the ball to Kate Stover, Marvin. Well, the, sec- Marvin- the second one is not current. What? He, Travion Henderson's not healthy right now. So, are you saying you think he'll be back and good to go? I, I, I'm assuming he. I'm assuming he'll play again. I mean, you just cannot assume anything with Travion Henderson. Yeah, He's no. like so. But if Marvin games. Harrison, if Marvin Harrison, Ameka Buka. And Kate Stover out there, and those are the guys he's throwing the ball to. That's as good of guys as you'll find. And Trayvon Henderson is healthy with one of the best defenses in the country. Kyle McCord can be, excuse me, above average, and Ohio State can compete against any team in the country. Because like you said, it's scary. It's not fun to say, but it's probably Michigan and everybody else right now. I mean, like Georgia without Brock Bowers, Ohio State iffy quarterback situation. Washington is hasn't been there before, you know, so – It'll be interesting. Um, I do think Michigan is the best team in the country, but now we don't know if that's, you know, real stuff or if it's all a facade, if we, if it's all, if it's all fake, if it's all unfair. And, and this is the driveline stance is we don't know shit and we don't know what coaches and recruiting analysts and guys can and can't do. We're not going to sit here and pretend like somebody's in the wrong when we don't know. But we but know Michigan, Michigan is well, Michigan's guilty. a bunch of cheaters. Yeah, we know Michigan's <laughs> guilty. <laughs> Michigan's cheaters. Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, and Andrew allowed me to kind of go off on a quick tangent here. With my time at Ohio State, we, you know, we play two games a week, if not three games a week, for four months straight, it feels like, right? You know, from end of October to hopefully the middle of March, right? You're playing games all the time. And the greatest thing about, about about college sports is that each and every day, managers, support staff, assistant coaches are cutting up and and scouting film. This is I can only speak on basketball, and you know managers are cutting up film for games in advance. We 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 don't play Michigan State until Friday, but Tuesday the scout is ready for Michigan State um, because the managers are cutting up previous games film and putting it all together, and you know. Basketball is different than football in the sense that Tom Izzo runs the same plays each and every year. Well, once Holtman got got those down, he knows that when when he calls fist, rubs his chest down, that he knows that it's a down screen, they're throwing the ball in the post. Like, I still even remember that, right? So, again, here's what I'll say. The scout team that the coaches put together, right, of managers and support staff and players that don't play – have to learn a bunch of plays each week to to have the 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 starters and the and the main guys ready to play. And because of that, I learned a lot of the opposing team's calls from the Purdue Fort Wayne's of the world to the Michigan States of the world. 
And my job on the bench is if I see the coach calling something out and I know what it means, I'm going to tell the guys on the court what to do, what's coming, because they got a lot more to worry about than the opposing team's play calls. But I know that I don't really have to worry about much else because I'm not probably getting in. Right. So I'll leave you with this. There is an element of gamesmanship and studying and basketball IQ where it's an advantage to know the other team's plays and study them and learn them and, and, you know, know the tendencies of the other players in the same way where it seems like there's maybe a gray line is, you know, there's levels and Michigan might've taken that to an, an extreme. And I don't know what's allowed. I don't know what's not allowed. And and we, this is the last we'll say about it, but man, if it, it turns out that what they did is illegal and wrong and never happened before in the NCAA, Jim yeah. Harbaugh, congratulations. You're the next coach of the Chicago bears. Yeah. Um, that that's a great point. I just the show wouldn't be our show if we didn't do a little devil's advocate, at least for basketball, like as much as you want to study and as much as you want to hammer it in. It's such a quicker turnaround to different games, especially in the Big Ten tournament, especially in March Madness. Gives you less of a chance to cheat. It, that's I, that's what I'm saying. Sorry. It's oh, easier. It's easier to cheat in football when especially not the NFL when there's no quick turnaround Thursday night games. Like you have the full practice that week where also I think for football, you're the offense that you run is, is the offense that you run in basketball. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. You're potentially in, installing new packages or plays throughout the season based on the opponents you're playing. So not only do you need to adjust and try to figure out what the other team's going to do. Hypothetically, there are changes that you need to make when you're playing against Northwestern and they're a guard heavy team. And when you're playing against Purdue and Zach Eadie's the focal point of the team for, for your offense. Yeah. I mean, sure. Uh, I think Ohio state's, you just use them as an example. They're always going to run their stuff. Maybe if you're playing Syracuse, who plays his own, right. Then you have different plays. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think there's an element of, you know, you got to stick to your stuff and and maybe it's the same for football, right? Like if you know that they're phenomenal against the pass, maybe you put some more unique, different passing options in that could be more effective um, for basketball, Michigan state, unless you're playing a zone is running the same 42 plays. But as the season goes on, you are adding stuff as guys get acclimated to your, they, they remember your plays. They know your sets, they know your offense, whatever it is. Like you'll add fresh new out of bounds plays during the week because the special teams, quote unquote, of basketball is where games are won and lost sometimes. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, excuse me, a good point. Um, it's it's definitely an interesting concept. There's a fine line, and it sure seems like, based on what I'm seeing, that Michigan crossed some line that I wasn't aware of and don't know of. Um, so for that, I'll call them cheaters because I'm an Ohio State fan. But like, I also unless it was like the ultimate advantage that really is illegal. There are other places that are stealing signs in every sport imaginable. I would imagine. In every sport imaginable, I would imagine, I would imagine that's correct. Yeah. I'd imagine that too. So in a place where they maybe don't steal signs is the exhibition game, Ohio state versus Dayton for charity, for mental health awareness, an incredible game that Ohio State happened to come out on top on. We talk about it a little bit with Coach Holtman very briefly, but Joey, I want to know 
from you. Did you did, was anything proven to you in that game with theories that you had about the team? And did any questions arise that you didn't have prior to that game? And I know you can't take too much yeah. from that game in the grand scheme of things, but it's the only, it's the film that we have we against an opponent versus practice where Zed Key knows what you know Felix is gonna do and and totally that kind of stuff. So that's my yeah. question to you. Yeah, you know, we talk a little bit about about it with Holtman, so we won't get too into the weeds about it. Um, but a couple things definitely stood out in terms of, you know, stuff we talked about on the show or stuff we've talked about offline or whatever. The first being that main difference between last year and this year is they're going to play a lot faster. Guys are more comfortable in the system. Bruce Thornton's more comfortable. Roddy Gale, you name it. They're going to play a lot faster. They're going to play with more purpose. Like there was a lot of stalling, like, like the offense would just stop and you just go watch a guy play one-on-one. That seems like it's out the window. Um, Defensively, they have a lot to learn because they're a new team in terms of guys all playing together. Um, and that really showed in rebounding. They stunk, frankly, rebounding the ball. So that's got to improve. Um, as we look at individuals, I think that we talked about how great Bruce Thorne's going to be. He proved it. He was phenomenal. He's awesome. He's the straw that stirs the drink. He's the head of the snake. If Ohio, he will go as Ohio State, Ohio State will go as he goes. Um, Jameson Battle was as efficient as he could have possibly been. He missed one shot, had like 15 points. I'd like to see him be more aggressive, hunt his shot more. I know Holman feels the exact same way. I know he will hunt his shot more as he gets more comfortable. Um, Dale Bonner was phenomenal on defense. Evan Mahaffey is my favorite player on the team. We talk about with Holman, so I won't talk too much about it. But man, is he going to be filling in all the cracks and like the ultimate glue guy? Uh, he was more impressive, even more impressive watching without stuffing the stat sheet than I anticipated. I mean, he started. He must have been doing phenomenal in practice to start. Um, he's only a sophomore, too. Like, people don't he's, – he's only a sophomore. Um, couple negatives. I don't think the freshmen are going to contribute as much as we maybe thought they were. Taysom Cham and Austin Parks didn't play. Devin Royal looked a lot better than I thought he would in his first action against a Division One opponent. Scotty Middleton looked lost at times. Um, still, <laughs> still a little, still a little. There's a little bit to work on. On all in his defense, Dayton also in Ohio, similar colors, looked like an inner squad scrimmage. Not the greatest quality on ESPN Plus. Yeah. So give him the benefit of the doubt there. Yeah, I totally. I listen. It's the first. It's the first game he's played against Division One opponents. I I'm more than giving him the benefit of the doubt. I just don't know. If the freshmen are going to, we're not, we might not see a freshman start and play 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I hope it's, I hope that does. That means they improve the time, but um, yeah, that's, that's the, the laundry list. Uh, but overall, like winning that game, I know Dayton didn't play their guys the whole game, but winning that game, beating a team that we haven't played in 90 years, like you talked about on the sh- on the, on with the interview with Holman. Um, yeah. You got to like smile about it. You got to be happy about it. We've got basketball back. Ohio State won. They played well. And like, there's no real negatives to be like, oh, God, here we go again. Like, what do we, what do we got here? I'm nervous about this year. It's like it gives you fuel for some excitement, some positivity. And the year is off and running. And I couldn't be happier. You know what excited me about that game in the interview is you can tell that Holtman is fucking pissed off about how last year went. Right. Like, 
like most coaches are like, yeah, you know, we didn't have a good year, you know, in some places, but you know, in just other wait areas, for the beginning, just wait for the beginning of the interview. Cause not, not super stoked about the first few questions. Right. But, but he's like, yeah, you know, we didn't have a great year and we didn't, and you know, sometimes coaches are like, but we really improved here and we saw tremendous growth towards the end of the season. And he just was pretty honest about how last year went. And obviously we'll let them hear it. I, the one thing I didn't ask him that I want to ask you, and then we'll get to the interview because we could tell he didn't want to talk much more about last year in the locker room before the big 10 tournament starts. If you're in Ohio state's position, any team is the message we have a chance to do something special and still make the NCAA tournament, despite what the season looked like, or is it game by game or who cares about game by game in the big 10 tournament? Because one win doesn't really do anything. Like is the, is the outcome of winning the big 10 tournament going to March madness, something that's discussed prior to the tournament. If you're not a lock, I do think it's, it's like this, it goes like this. It says, fellas, let's, let's, gain some positive momentum going into the next season, worst case scenario, play our butts off, you know, find something. And then it's, we got to focus on winning this game, put together four wins in a row and we're in the NCAA tournament type of deal. Right. But like, who knows, we might as well go out there and win this whole dang thing, but it starts with this first game, you know? And, and I think that it's a, it's a combo of those three things, right? It's let's gain some positive momentum going into the next season. It's a clean slate. We can, we're starting fresh here. There's no wins and loss records. Like, let's go win, let's go win this game today. And then who knows, you string a few together and we could end up in the NCAA tournament. Crazier things have happened, which crazier things haven't really happened in the Big Ten tournament specifically, but that's neither here nor there. Um, what I'm excited about is, uh, I know we'll, we'll get to, to Holt here, but I briefly talked with Zed. I ran into him and I said, hey man, like now you know what a great locker room feels like and a really, really crummy locker room. What do you think? And he said, I'm really, really excited about this year. It feels very different. So Holman feels the same way. You hear about him here in a second. And, and it's Buckeye basketball season. We've got Chris Holman on the podcast. The only time we didn't have him last year and they missed the tournament. So that's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah, exactly. We should have told him that. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> Lots of good stuff coming soon. More on that in the next few episodes. Let's get to the interview with Coach. All right. Joining us now on Drive the Lane for – a third time, I believe, the head coach of the Ohio State men's basketball team, Coach Chris Holtman. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Andrew. Great to be with you, Joey, my guy. And, um, yeah, it's good to be back with you. Coach, my favorite thing about having you on for a third time is is uh, your office. It, it grows with, with memorabilia every time. What any, any fun new additions from the last few years since we last – talked with you no uh, i mean i i think my my wife added some maybe some you know last year we didn't we, had, we didn't have any memorabilia it's, it's a good point it's uh, a good point no reason to uh to put anything up for sure so um yeah it's uh i think we put some balls from from past you know maybe maybe a maui one up there maybe so Maui experience, but yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good to be with you guys and look forward to talking Buckeye hoops. We obviously have a ton to discuss. You guys are fresh off the exhibition against Dayton, but my first question for you, 
I know that you know this because you're a listener to the show, but we bumped the this is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to the Drive the Lane podcast to now it's this is D'Angelo Russell. You're listening to the Drive the Lane <laughs> podcast. Thoughts on that before we we get into some serious stuff? You mean I got bumped? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Big time. I got pushed out of the starting lineup. Well, listen, it's um, it's a little hard to hear. It's a little hard to take. <laughs> but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get bumped, then I would prefer it to be a lottery pick who's um, enjoying a long and productive NBA career, and somebody like D'Angelo. So I'm 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 good with that. I'll take that. We, we it was hard for us. It was easy for Andrew. It was hard for me. We'll put yeah. it that way. <laughs> um, Coach, Thanks. we we you know how these work. We're gonna have fun with you, but we're gonna be serious and get this out of the way now. Last year, not so fun. Obviously, you know we all know. Um, we won't focus on that. Instead, let's focus on the message for this year's team. Plenty of returners from a team that just frankly didn't have a ton of success outside the last week and a half of the season. What was the message, whether it be from you or guys like Bruce Thornton and Zed Key? What were the messages this summer and in this preseason? Yeah, no, I think Joey, it was uh, it was all about, um, you know, as as I've talked about and shared, you know, it was all about kind of remembering what the experiences that we went through, and uh, we talk about scar tissue, and you know, if you ever have cut yourself or whatever, and you have a scar, you always remember you know, what, what, how that happened. And I think when you have guys that are returning, who've been through that, you know, I had never been through an experience like that as a coach, at least not for 10 plus years. And uh, our players, a lot of them had never experienced that. We just had a brutal uh, January and February. We've had, we've had, Everybody in the Big Ten and the reality, I mean, we've, we showed this to our guys, like every program in the Big Ten. Purdue lost three of four in January, you know, like UConn last year lost, I think, six of seven in January and February. Like people who follow college basketball know that in really good leagues, you're going to go take lumps. Like uh, Ohio State fans or other fans, they don't always get it because it's, it's a little bit, you know, there are some that come at it with a football mindset where if you lose – one or two it can be but the reality is is you're going to lose them but that was just you know that was a brutal brutal stretch but I think most Ohio State fans that really follow college basketball and college hoops they really have a a, a great understanding for how good our league is and how deep it is um and I you know I think last year we take those lessons we learn um and grow from it and that's what uh we'll see uh how much we've learned from it so obviously the game yesterday it's an exhibition game it doesn't count on the standings but it's got to feel good for you and the guys to be able to get off on at least the right foot you know it, at times it i'm sure it felt like a true road environment me you and joey we all know what that ud arena can be like when when it's packed so how good did that feel yesterday just to really take a good step forward to start the year? Yeah, it was kind of a, you know, it was a interesting thing, Andrew, because, you know, he didn't play, you know, his best player more than I don't think 16 minutes. Um, and he subbed some guys pretty freely. Uh, 
you know, we we played our guys maybe a little bit more than what he played his guys. But having said that, I thought both teams did some some really good things. And it's kind of like, hey, you know, you are competing. So if you're competing and you have a chance to win, you'd like to win, right? You know, we all understand how powerful uh, what that the, the power of what that game represented and uh, um, how much respect I have for Anthony and his wife and his family for for doing that. But, uh, you know, when you get down to it, you're competing. So you, you'd like to win the game. I was not too concerned either way, to be honest with you. But it's a tricky thing because you are in the state and people have made so much of us playing there and not playing there and since 1988. So it's like, okay, you know, would I have felt differently if we lost by 10 uh, right now talking to you guys? Well, I probably wouldn't be talking to you guys. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why we were sitting there watching the game like it, it it was a it was a double win. We were like, I'm not gonna send you that text that I did saying, Hey, come on the show if you guys don't win that game. So no. we're glad we're glad you won and we're glad that you're here with us. And I know knowing you and being in that locker room that you can't necessarily take as much as you want to, as much as the fans want you to, away from a win like that. But from my point of view, all the positives had nothing to do with the with the scoreboard. For me, and you tell me if if I'm off a little bit here. To me, there's a clear emphasis on playing faster, and you guys did, and you were very efficient. And to me, there's a clear emphasis on getting back to the roots of defense, whether that be guarding your man or rotating. Now, rebounding wasn't that good, which I'm, they're a really good team anyway that are that big and physical. But to me, the emphasis clearly was playing faster and getting back to the roots of you, of you and being a defensive-minded coach. You know, were those some positives that you took away last night? Yeah, no, I think you nailed it, Joey. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, I absolutely think those were, you know, the offseason was full for us. Um, you know, it's always full because it's recruiting. And, you know, while we're not going to have as big of freshman classes here these next couple years because of how big our, how young our team still is, the, the offseason's always full of recruiting. But it was really full because we, we we did look at a, a different way of playing on both ends, not not substantially, um, but in in kind of nuanced ways that a guy who's like yourself that's come to practice and also played the game, both of you guys really know what you're talking about. You're going to be able to see and notice it. So um, I, I think for for us there there was definitely some good things about our pace. I thought our movement offensively was better. And then I thought defensively in the second half, we had much better possessions than what we, what we uh, had in the first half. But biggest takeaway was they, they really beat us up on the glass and we had to get better at that. You got some fun matchups on the schedule this year. One of which Texas A&M, I will be in the building for that game. No pressure, but last time I was in the building, <laughs> upset the number one team in the country. So big expectations for what could happen in that A&M game. This is a long-winded way of asking a Bruce Thornton question. How lucky is Ohio State to have Bruce Thornton and Marvin Harrison 
at the school at the same time. I mean, talk about just transcending sports figures right now. <laughs> well, I, I think Bruce is going to grow because he's not there yet in terms of, I think, our fans really knowing who he is. You follow, you guys follow us, so you know, and you follow college basketball. I think in the, the, the avid Ohio State college basketball fans know Bruce very well. But in terms of like the widespread, you know, we have to do what I expect us to do and have a have a better year, much better year. And he has to continue to grow into the player that we believe he is going to be. Um, winning and that go hand in hand. That's why people love DJ and Kata and JT and, you know, all those guys. So I think um, that's – people are really going to appreciate who he is as a kid and who he is as a player. And then, uh, you know, obviously Marvin is, has done, you know, <laughs> what he's done this year has been just ridiculous. So it's a pretty special thing. Uh, and I'm excited for our, our fan base to just get to get to know him at a, at a higher level. Cause even though we started every game and performed so well down the stretch when we played well, I think it's a different role for him this year. So, yeah, the A&M game's great. You know, people have talked about them being kind of a trendy Final Four pick. And it's interesting, some of the secret scrimmages that I've heard them play, uh, and people have watched them practice, have talked about how really good they are. They're going to be one of the better teams, you know, we play, we've play. we played here in years. So it's a, it's a good good challenge. The, the roster is really exciting. Andrew talked about Bruce. I think he's – with all due respect to every other guy that has come through Ohio State in the last seven years, I think he's the best point guard you've coached, which you don't have to comment on. Um, I know that I wasn't technically a point guard, so you can save that uh, as well. But um, the roster is is really exciting. Last year was exciting for a different reason. I went and got on my soapbox and talked about how it was incredibly talented and blah, blah, blah. I, I still don't think I was wrong, but that that's okay. This year, we don't need to go through every single guy, but you know, there's three categories to every team, freshmen, returners, and transfers. If you could give us a quick blip, one sentence, two sentences about each category there, whether it's what to be excited about, what holes they filled, you know, and start with the freshmen. What 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 stands out to you about those guys? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing you realize in, in like in the Big Ten is pretty much mo a lot, most teams are talented, you know. Mm -hmm. Um you know, that's the reality of being in the best league in, in the in the country. I think what you want it to be is old, experienced, and then obviously if you're talented uh, and you're old, that, that really helps. We know that that's what wins. It's not youth that's talented. <laughs> right. I mean, how, many, how many years do we have to say that over and over right now? Like, it's not young talent doesn't win at a high level in college basketball. So... You know, when I hear that, I, I say, okay, great. But the reality is, is, is you really need the that youth to get weathered by the the up and that the learning how to play, how to attack, how to all the things that come with college basketball. I'm excited that we have that with a returning group of guys, even though sophomores are young and Felix still looks young out there, and Roddy's going to look young at times, and Bruce is. Evan, Mahaffey, those four guys have experience under their belt. Yes, there are older, more older teams we're going to play. Um, 
there are teams that have more five stars or whatever that we're going to play. Um, but I think what we have is a group of, of returning guys, when you include Zed, that have experience, that are good players, and that are going to grow in front of our eyes. You add in the three transfers. I'm excited about those three guys. Joey, you've talked about that, Evan, um, Jameson, and Dale, because they add something to our team that we really needed. And then the four freshmen, I think, are all going to help us. Um but it it may vary and you know they may not all help us a significant amount this year but i think they all have the potential to grow into good players coach when i look at the roster and this is now transitioning to fun questions when i look at the roster i can't help but think and take recruiting and rules and all that aside you know theoretically this team could be you know senior year of ej liddell you know, year three of Malachi, year two of Bryce Sensball. My question is is a fun question. You know, you know this team now. Summer works over. The season's about to begin. Which one of those guys, if you could pick those NBA guys to slide onto this team, would you pick? Oh, man, what a question. <laughs> like picking your kids, man. Like if there, if there was a fire in the house, who would you want to save? Like that's yeah. a hard question, man. You're that lucky is, it's not last year. Dwayne would be in the mix too. Yeah, no, no, you, you know, Dwayne, right. We thought we were going to have Dwayne that one year. Um, but, uh, uh, and then Malachi kind of came in his own and helped us absorb that hit. You know, listen, I, I would take all three in a heartbeat. I would love to have one more guard that could, that could, um, that could help us. Um, so, um, I'll, I'll just say, I'll, I'll leave it at that, but I'll take any of them and move them to the guard spot. So if we, if we had one more healthy guard, we'll, we'll move EJ to the guard, we'll move Malachi to the guard, we'll move Bryce to the guard. <laughs> so let, let me, let's rephrase Andrew's question a bit in a different fun way. Who's your starting five and six man from your, this is your seven, right? So in your, including this team, if there's a guy there, but. Who's your starting five? We'll give you a six man as well. So you don't have to cut it to five, but this one I think is fair game. I don't think you're going to hurt people's feelings. I think you have thought about this before, probably just about every night before you go to bed. Who Who's your starting five for this season or uh, you're, you're no, I wouldn't ask you who the starting five is going to be. That's not a fun question. Who, who's your Chris Holtman Buckeyes starting five? Oh, Oh, you're guys. Saying... You've guys you've coached and we'll give you a six man. Oh. So that you know, you don't have to leave a guy out and then we'll also give you like Andrew Dockage as your GA so that you don't have to leave him out either. Yeah, this does not, inc- I don't want to include current players. Perfect, perfect. Um, this does not include current players. You know, probably, um, ooh, man. <laughs> um, it's not supposed to be easy. It is not easy. <laughs> I'm just going to rattle off a bunch of guys. Um, <laughs> I would probably go, I would probably go. Um, uh, you know, Caleb's really been the only real true center. Um, but I would probably go, go a little bit. Um, maybe Kata and. um EJ as the forwards, JT as a wing, 
um, Malachi, and um, Dwayne in the backcourt have, you know, because Dwayne didn't, didn't love to pass early in his career, so Malachi <laughs> would play the point. And um, Caleb as a, as a guy that could – could be in that bunch as well. CJ Walker, I'd, I'd potentially throw in that hard to pass on Kyle Young. Um, you know, uh, I loved coaching Jamar. I mean, it made me go down the line there of the guys that uh, I, I love to coach. Obviously, Bryce was a phenomenal scorer. So um, I'm sure I'm leaving a couple guys out, but that just, I don't know if that answers it or not. It does. It does. And it gives us enough to, to make a graphic, which we won't actually do and get everybody really mad at you. We, we wouldn't yeah. do it. Don't put that on social media, make people listen to it so they can see the full answer. Yeah. We'll just put All the right? whole clip. We'll put like, the whole I know clip. what media people do. They take a clip, <laughs> shorten it, and they put the most salacious part out on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called now. <laughs> okay. And they, and then they, they leave out the rest of the part. Don't be that. We're, that's never been us and never will be us. I know. We're just going to cut it off right when you said, oh, I got five guys for you, and these are my five favorites, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah, okay. Yes, great. <laughs> Perfect. Coach, Perfect. over the over the last few years, whether it was Malachi or Bryce, I remember Joey said to me last year after Buckeyes on the blacktop, he was like, enjoy Bryce Hedge's ball because this guy's unbelievable. I don't know how long he's going to be at Ohio State. As a coach with far superior basketball knowledge than Joey, are you able to identify that kind of stuff super early? Or are you just so locked in to the season that it's not even coming into your mind, you know, first few games of the season, wow, this guy could be an NBA guy way earlier than we thought? Well, there are prototypes that fit the NBA that maybe – uh, might take more time to be a really good college player, but could could transition to the NBA quicker. Like Drew Timmy was like for three years the best player in college basketball, won so many games. In a perfect world, you really want to recruit as many of those guys as you can. But I think he he just got cut from an NBA team. Yeah. All right. Wings that can score just naturally are a a the NBA can't get enough of them. They cannot get enough of them. So when we knew that Bryce could score at the clip he could, we thought there's a chance because the NBA can't get enough of them. Now, that doesn't mean we didn't see, we haven't seen a kid who's like, wow, he's going to be a really good college player and can really impact our team, maybe even in some ways more than a one and done. Um, But he doesn't fit the NBA as much right now. Um, so the fact that Bryce could score like he could, sometimes people conflate like one and dones with the impact. Well, if you have one and dones, it's automatically like those guys, you, you, well, that guy's going to really impact winning at a ridiculously high level. That's not really how it works as much. Um, you know, Bryce would, I think, really have benefited if he had maybe a guy like E.J. Liddell, an all-conference player along with him like Malachi, um, to carry a, a, a Kyle Young, even Jamari, to carry carry some of the load there. 
Um, so all that to say, um, I saw it pretty early that he had that chance because he very incredible offensive talent and a really good kid, a really good kid. That's only going to get better and better. I mean, you just watch him. He's only going to get better and better. I, I think it's safe to say that one thing that we've talked about, and you just touched on it a lot, you know, in the, I've gone and seen a few practices. We've talked quickly after the thing that I think is different about this team than last year's team. And Andrew alluded to it. You mentioned it. There's a difference between talented, young, incredible NBA future guys and just plain old, really, really, really good college basketball players. And you look at every team that wins the big 10, that wins the national championship, that makes sweet 16s and final fours. They have guys like EJ Liddell, Kyle Young, and Jay Sean Tate. They don't have, they might have a Bryce Sensabaugh, but that means they're probably competing for a national championship, but they, they don't have uh, the Bryce Sensabaugh's of the world. And that's no knock to Bryce and it's no knock to Kyle either. My question to you, my question to you is not necessarily, you know, elaborate on that because that's all good and documented. What I'm more curious about is who do you foresee as that Kyle Young-esque guy on the team this year? Well, I I really like Evan's role in that regard, Evan Mahaffey. Now, I also think he has a bright future ahead of us and, you know, can have a chance to play at the next level for sure. Um, He's got to get better at some things. But I think he brings that kind of energy um, and athleticism, not quite as big as Kyle, but can really sit down and guard guys, uh, um, you know, has to do some things better. But he'd be the guy um, that comes to mind um, for sure. Um, if you're talking about that guy that you're saying, man, like Kyle, think about this. Kyle Young led our team in plus minus that was a two seed in the NCAA tournament mm. and was our fifth leading scorer. Maybe our fifth leading score. He was behind CJ Walker, Dwayne, EJ, maybe our fourth leading, or maybe, maybe Zed. Um, or, or, um, no, I don't think it was Zed that, but anyway, he was our fourth or fifth leading score. He led our team in plus minus. And when we lost him in the Big Ten tournament, we we're still able to get to the finals, but we really needed him in the NCAA tournament. Um, so those guys are invaluable to have a guy that keeps things together like Kyle did for us. I, I told you, and I'm, I've said it a million times on the radio, on Twitter, to whoever will listen to me, that mahaffey has been the guy who's been the most impressive guy, bar none. You know what you're getting out of Bruce. Like, I, I know he's great. Dale Bonner is really exciting for me because he gives, like, this defensive guard that seems he, like has been lacking. But yeah. Evan – just like Andre West and Kyle Young, that's all I see when he plays, and that's really exciting. Like, I I, I just yeah. – I can't get enough of him. And he comes from Penn State, which, you know, is a, a phenomenal program. He was coached well. Yeah. You know, like, they were a really good – he didn't play – he did not play very much on a bad team. They were the best Penn State team that I can ever remember. So, I, I, I can echo – and, you know, obviously when you hear Coach Holtman talk about something, you, you might sit back and go, okay, well, that's his guy. Of course he's going to say that. I don't have to say that. And I echo, you know, what you're saying. And uh, all that to say is I'm pretty excited about this group. I will uh, maintain the excitement. Uh, I I know you guys are playing 
this weekend again in, in a not so secret scrimmage um in Nashville against Clemson, who we saved this for the show. We gotta talk about the maddest I've ever seen you because we played Clemson uh when I was a junior, your first year at Ohio State. I won't necessarily let you walk you through the story because you might not have even remembered because I've, I really haven't seen you as mad as you, as you were then. But for all of those who don't know, we lost to a very good Clemson team. Our, like our home first home game after PK 80, yeah. we had all this buzz. Kate is playing well. We're yeah. wearing our fresh new uniforms. You know, it's a free student game. It's packed and we mail it in the last minute. We lose what could have been a three or four point game. We make it a 10 point game you come in and and throw the marker and it makes a mark, which is always funny when you throw the marker and the cap flies off and it makes a mark. And then you, you went, I don't know if it was a closed fist or open fist, but you hit the, you hit the whiteboard, which is, it's not like a standalone whiteboard. If you can picture it, it's a full on like wall that he basically punched and uh, didn't say anything to us said, we'll see you practice tomorrow and walked away. And, And I remember looking around like, well, I'm going to die tomorrow. I don't know about these guys who are actually in shape, but I'm going to die tomorrow. Any any comment on playing Clemson again for the first time since since that moment? Well, I I you know, I'm not <laughs> actually able to officially acknowledge I don't I don't think that we're playing it, but it sounds like you've got good sources. That's, what that's will, right. It's that's what I've heard. What I will tell you is like that's that's a that's a uh, a thing for me is I just can't stand it when you know, teams kind of have a, a loser's limp when they're losing and they just mail it in the last 30 seconds or minute or whatever. That was probably what I was reacting to. That was one of my all-time favorite teams to coach, as you you know. It was an incredible team, but that was a frustrating moment. I think we had just come off the PK-80, like you said, we was where we were struggling. It was before we really got rolling. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'd punch some – whiteboards in my time and i've i've broken some bones doing that i've kicked some things i've thrown coolers i've um did you get that mad as a player uh no not really i've gotten angrier as a coach than as a player (laughs) i mean i've yeah the whole the whole nine when i was my first head coaching job i took a whole thing of gatorade cooler and, and just threw it it was when you could throw things near players and not get fired. Yeah. <laughs> the good old days. Yes. <laughs> where where did those like I mean you didn't even you know some would say throwing it at players but even if it was just near them and if it you know if it ricocheted and hit them in the shin nowadays you can't do that. You can't throw it anywhere near a player. Um and as I, a transfer and get you fired. That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm joking, obviously, but yeah, I pitched a cooler Gatorade water everywhere. Ice, um, man. Yeah. That was a frustrating moment, but man, do we get rolling after that? January. Yeah. That's all we needed. You knew, you knew how to push the buttons. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Andrew, you got anything else for coach? I have one final question. I've definitely asked you this before and I'm going to ask you it until it happens. You guys cool are doing summer. all these cool summer. Oh, you asked about Taylor Swift song? I'm not going to ask you, Taylor. The bit is done with Taylor. We know okay. you love Taylor. All right. <laughs> My question is, you've I've asked you this before. You you you're doing things with Dayton that haven't been done in a hundred years. You're you're doing things at different arenas in Columbus. When are you going to play the Missouri Tigers? Because I'm <laughs> ready for the Ohio State Mizzou home and home. Who do I have to call? 
Who do I have to pay to make it happen? Uh, where it needs to happen. Call the me. Same, I've told you because you've said, oh, I need to call you. Yes. Let's do it. I will call private line on a private line. Okay. You, we've got to talk on a private line and then we'll say, no, I would, I would like to do that. I would, I would, uh, I think I've told you that I don't, you know how it is, Andrew, like scheduling's like three years out. So, uh, but we are, we are looking for a home and home for next year. So we'll place a call. Um, we'll place a call. Uh, we have, I think we have a, someone else who you will really like to watch. If we don't play them, we have potentially a very attractive home and home. It's more, um, I'll leave it at that about, about to be signed. But if we don't do that, Missouri is our next call. There we go. That's all I need. I've had dreams where it's the <laughs> final four the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, and it's Mizzou, Ohio State, and Joey and I do an episode of Drive the Lane with you. And, you know, Coach Conzo Martin was when the dream first started happening, and now it's Coach <laughs> Gates. So yeah. if that could just happen one time, that would be great. That's all I ask. That's my yearly ask. Last time it was Duke. This time, Duke ticket. This time it's a it's a home and home with Mizzou. Well, part of what I do every morning is wake up and say, how can I make Andrew stay here? Okay, so... <laughs> I will, I will do my best to, no, I'm serious. I, we, we'd, we actually, that'd be a really cool, that'd be a cool home and home. I just, so you guys are scheduling for me. I want to schedule SEC schools. Part of it is I like the idea that they are contracted with ESPN. Um, that's what part of the reason we did, we did A&M because we know that we want to try to stay on ESPN for a couple games a year. Yep. Um, so I'd like to pick up another SEC school. Uh, all right, coach. I have my final question, but before I have, ah, we'll go final question first. Then I'll give you my advice, which I haven't given you in a long time about about something completely beyond winning games. Um, but the last question, you've been asked this twice. I'm sure you have it. I wouldn't be surprised if on the back of the practice plan today you had this written down already. But do you have any questions for us? You've got your own show now. We haven't talked to you since you have your own show. Yeah. Do you have any questions for us? No, do you, do you? I mean, how many episodes you have, guys have right now? A million. It feels like it. Hey, you guys are turning. Is it like once a week or twice a month? Once, a, once a week during football basketball season. Yeah. Jeez. That's yeah, a lot I know. It, it's a lot of work for Andrew. I just show up. Oh, is that right? You're just the talent. I'm. I don't even know if I'm the talent at this point. I'm just. I'm just another guy. I just show up. That's impressive. Twice a month. It's uh yeah, well it'll give Andrew some more credit. It's four times a month. Four times a month, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna, um, we're, no real question. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and no 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 real questions outside of, you know, do you guys still enjoy it after a few years? Yeah, it feels like a job now. I mean, you know, it's just brutal, but yeah, we enjoy it. <laughs> no, we finally someone asked us uh a few weeks ago, why are you guys still doing it? And I said, because we still haven't gotten guys like D'Angelo Russell on the show. And then two weeks later, we had, or two months later, we had D'Angelo Russell. So I'm ready to pack it in. Andrew's like, let's, <laughs> Coach ready, I got our last episode called. Two today. guys left on the bucket list. Maybe you can help with one of them. LeBron. And I don't remember who the other one was. It might've been Mike Conley. Which Mike is not Con Coach, you'll, you'll think this is hilarious. Mike, I saw Mike. I went up to him. I said, Mike, I've asked you a million times. Do you? When now you're it's the summer, you're free. Can you 
take 20 minutes and come on the show. We'd love to have you. We've had every guy you can think of besides that. And he goes, yeah, put your number in my phone and and I'll text you or call you or whatever. Get, let me guess if he called me or texted me. He, he didn't. <laughs> um, but that's okay. We'll get him eventually. Um, but Distance. You, you, I, I, I can appreciate you not having a question yet still asking a question. You're the only guy that will let get away with that because normally we would press you so that you asked a real question. But my advice, Iowa women's basketball just did it. The Nebraska women's volleyball team just did it. Can we do Buckeyes on the blacktop in the shoe next year? I feel like that could that could move the needle a bit. Or, or, or an exhibition game. Right. Against? Mizzou. Against Tigers. There you go. We're cooking something up here. <laughs> We are, we are cooking something up pretty good. The, I, I mean, will, we'd have we'd have to MC that event if that actually that's happened. That's okay. That's okay. Ohio State versus Mizzou in the shoe. Get us in there as the MCs. Yes, that would be that would be quite <laughs> the event. That would be the event. That would be the must see event, uh, outside of football games in the fall. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But no, that's a, that's a good idea. A, those are really cool events. Those those two games were amazing. High level. That was amazing. So great. And I know that's not something you guys haven't thought about, but I figured I'd just throw it out there for, for whatever it's worth. Cause that would make me happy. And again, I know you just aim to please me and Andrew. So I do. It. I'm all about other venues for our, our, our hoops games. You know that I would. Yeah. You know, St. John's out. Uh, we're not, we can't do that anymore for, for a variety of reasons, as much as I loved it and would love to oh. do it more. Um, but you know, it's yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good idea. Good idea. Well, well, coach, thanks for your time. Always fun. We'll see you on the on the tenth. Which uh, talk about a a good weekend to be a Buckeye fan. That game and then night game against MSU the next night. Those are that's why that's why the Lane family's coming into town. That's uh, that's what why Andrew's coming into town. I mean, it's really exciting stuff. We should be a great weekend. Uh, I'm I'm glad. Obviously, we've got work before that. We've got yep. Oakland. Uh, then we have Funny a team group. right after them that's won the most has the longest regular season winning streak in college basketball right now in Merrimack. They play this great two three zone, but obviously the A and M game is you know I, as I told you I think they're a potential Final Four team. It should be as as good a team as we played in here in a while. So be great to see everybody. Good to, good to see you guys uh, here for for that weekend. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. Coach. All right, guys. Great being with you. See you. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Coach Holtman at least more than he did at the start of the interview when we unfortunately had to discuss the prior season. But that season is in the past. The new season is in the present and the future. <laughs> the Buckeyes are hot in all areas. Smolder. And, and there's just no reason not to be fired up. It is absolutely not hyperbole the best sports time of the year. We're not really big baseball guys, I but speak for yourself. I've watched like every game of the playoffs. I'm not a big baseball guy. I could care less. But if you're a baseball guy and a basketball guy and a football guy and a hockey guy, it's a great oh, time. For are you excited? It, yeah. What's what's it called? Like the sports equinox happens once a year or whatever yeah, during it, the World it's, Series? Uh, it's next week, I think. Yeah. Yeah. October is a great month. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Buckeye basketball is is right here. Buckeye football, the important part of the season is right here. What a time to be alive, Andrew. 
I just got to say real quick, please. The Zolden parlay has it's hit right has hit in back-to-back weeks where it would have paid pretty 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 well where <laughs> pretty well where the Browns upset the uh the Browns upset the 49ers so it would have been a big payout there <sighs> despite and Mizzou upset Kentucky and then this week all close spread games where the Zolden parlay pulled out and that means do not take it. It's it's expired. Do not, do not count that basket. It's expired. It's not going to hit again. The Joey Lane parlay also hit this week, which is just Bears and Ohio State. <laughs> and Browns. And Browns. Bears, right. Ohio State, and Browns. The, the Lane parlay hit this week. But that's it from Drive the Lane Gang. Buckle up. Drive the Lane. Beat the Badgers. And I guess also beat the Clemson Tigers? Question mark? Maybe. So I've heard. Go Bucks.